Welcome back to the Librarians by the Sea podcast, where we share our love of a good book with you. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Jardina. This podcast is presented by the Swampscott Public Library. Welcome back, everybody, to the Librarians by the Sea podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Jardina. And I don't know what else to say, because I didn't write a script today. <laughs> We're free-falling. Free-falling? That's free-falling, right. yes. Brilliant that's it. <laughs> accurate yeah no we're just uh we're playing it by ear we got our discussion figured out but mm-hmm. uh i didn't write the script for anything else for today no we're actually gonna have to think off the cuff for <laughs> once it's be rough but yeah welcome everybody i hope you guys are having a very nice uh post new year's and uh the cold's not getting to you too much cold's not getting to you too much and if it is come by the library i've got a new mm. summary display <laughs> and i've got some of our light therapy lamps out for borrowing our sad lamps no they're light therapy they're light therapy <laughs> uh <laughs> they are called sad lamps but it's seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. is that it yes affective? yes which i i think is kind of funny to call that it's a sad, sad. lamp it's a sad lamp anyway no you can check those out yeah also if you just want some sunshine you know, um, read a summary book. Yeah, summary book next to your your light therapy lamp mm-hmm. that you borrowed from the library because we have them. We do. And check out our other library of things, which is going to be growing soon. So check back in very soon. I've got some stuff on my desk. I got to put in the system. Very exciting. Yeah. All righty. Well, Sarah. Yes. What have you been reading lately? Speaking of things you can check out, I. Um, I can't remember if I talked about the first one in a previous podcast. Maybe I did, but we're going to get it to again because it's so good. But the manga series Restart After Coming Back Home and Restart After Growing Hungry. It's a two-shot, very small, with the most gorgeous covers. They are beautiful. I want to live in these covers. They're beautiful. I love the font, which is (laughs) such a nerd thing to say, but I do. Anyway, it's a very simple, like, I don't want to call it slice of life, but eh, it kind of is, I guess. Uh, basically, this character, Mitsumi, at the age of 25, leaves his, like, big city job in Tokyo to move back to his small town. And I just found, and, you know, it's about him readjusting to being in the country again and being in, like, small town politics again, uh, while getting closer to Yamato, you might pronounce that wrong, who uh, was somebody who was adopted into the community. Mm-hmm. So he, like, is an incredibly kind person, but in a way he's still kind of treated like an outsider. This is what small towns can be like. So it's kind of about them, like, growing closer as Mitsumi, like, readjusts and tries to figure out what he wants to do with his life. And I love this series because a lot of the time you will see, like, this kind of figuring yourself out in YA. And it's like a 16 to 18 year old doing it. But 25, like, the idea is, like, you're supposed to already know who you are and what you want at 25. And this series is like, nah, (laughs) we're all floundering out here. And it's never accurate. Accurate. Which is why I love the, like, restart part of the title because it's you know it's never too late to readjust what you want in life and reassess and there's never too late to change and there's this kind of aspect of him having to a little bit get over his own pride about feeling like a failure for coming back home mm-hmm. this idea that going to the city is like what you're supposed to do and to i don't know experience things i guess and you're supposed to leave your town to grow and have to like <laughs> acknowledge that 
it's okay to want different things. Mm-hmm. So it's a very nice, sweet series. It's also a romance, which is adorable. And if you want something that's kind of more low stakes, there's no big drama in the series. There's no huge like tropes like misunderstandings or miscommunication. It's a very gentle series, which is what I needed. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, I highly recommend it. It's really yeah. well done. Yeah, and I think that's a really important topic about, like, adulthood that people don't normally talk about. I didn't even go back to library school until I was 26. Yeah. And then, like, I know one of my best friends, she, like, just now just, like, texted me last night that she is... Well, she moved out of New York City, and she, like, didn't know what she wanted to do. And she, like, just bought a house in Western Mass, because it's affordable there, and it's really cute and woodsy, like... So she's like, I never expected to live out in Western Mass, but here I am. Yeah, absolutely. And I understand this, because the book does touch on this, too, about how sometimes the reason people leave small towns is because of how, uh, to put it nicely, judgy people in small towns can be. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why we go to cities, because you meet large amounts of different people and you get to, like, find who, yeah. like, your group. But it also talks about how kind small communities can be. It discusses both, the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the balanced look at it. It acknowledges the problems. It acknowledges the pros. While also, this, as you were saying, like, <laughs> readjusting your expectations in adulthood. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Highly recommend. It's in the YA section. Awesome. All right. So what I am reading right now is I just finished um, the third Throne of Glass book by mm-hmm. Sarah J. Moss. Uh, people have been following for a while. They know that I read the other series, A Court of Thorns and Roses. I've just gotten... She's been around for a while, but I just recently got into Sarah J. Moss. And, I mean, it's pretty good. I like it. So I find that people who... People compare Court of Thorns and Roses and Throne of Glass a lot because it's the same author and it's, like, similar sort of books. I mean, Court of Thorns and Roses is definitely adult and then Throne of Glass is definitely YA, and you can tell. And I find that whoever seems to read whichever series first, they like the most. And I'm finding that is the case right now. I mean, I do like it, but, um, I mean, it's fine. Uh, I've read the first three. I actually had read the first two a while ago, but then I just never got around to, like, finishing it. And so I finally, I went back, and I read the first one, and then most recently I read the two other ones back-to-back. And they're good. I mean, they're, like, you know, fairy overthrow the government books. The stakes, I feel like, are definitely higher and more thought out than in Court of Thrones and Roses. Like, Like, the bad guy is, like, he's definitely, like, the villain... And he's a good villain, but, like, I'm not sure why he's able to, like, take over this island the way he has. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, where all their courts are oh. in Court of Thorns and Roses. Like, it's not really totally, it's, it's not really discussed why this person is so powerful. And it's sort of, like, iffy if they are or not. It's, like, it was, like, I never really thought about it until I read this series, Throne of Glass, that I was, like, oh, like, Highburn is, like, not, like, really thought out. It's just this, like, a person who's, they have to fight against, and it's not really discussed. Whereas this one, like, you understand why the king is, like, evil, or you understand, and you understand why he is so powerful, and why he's been able to take over. It's much more thought out. Okay. Did she write... 
Throne of Glass first. Is this the first series? That is, I don't know. I remember hearing about Throne of Glass like when I was in high school and everyone was reading it and I just never got the chance to get into it. Hold on, let me check. 2015. So she read, she wrote, um, it looks like she wrote Throne of Glass first. Okay. But they're in the same universe. That's a spoiler. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if they were. All right. No, they're like, no. Okay. I no. wouldn't say that they're in the same universe. Oh, I thought they were companion series. They are. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but there's there's some kind, I'm, I'm not, this is spoilers. <laughs> for the record, I've never read either of these series, so. This is spoilers for, uh, some light spoilers for, like, the Moss verse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> but like I haven't gotten there yet. But like apparently there's like an inter. It's like, do you watch any of those Marvel movies and shows? Sometimes. Okay, you know how out. there's like a multiverse now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like a multiverse. Oh, I really thought these were like the same characters and just like it's uh, like a no. Lee, what Lee Bardugo does? Oh no, no, oh. it's very yeah no. There's like a a. It's more like. Did you ever read? the first Narnia book. Yes. Where he has to go through the different doors. Yes. It's more like that. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Light spoilers, I guess. Light spoilers. Nothing's really happened with that, though. We just know that that's a thing. In case she wants to capitalize on that later. Yeah. She just dropped that in. (laughs) I might join these. Yeah. I might pull a Bardugo. We'll see. But, yeah. So, uh... Fun series? It's fun. I'm having fun with it. It's definitely... I'm doing that in between all my parenting books. <laughs> yeah. need a break. I need a break. But yeah, and then I also... I read... Um, I finally read Expecting Better by Emily Oster. Who's, she's like a... She's like an... 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 Economist? 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 No, I can't remember how the word's pronounced. I don't know how it is, but... Uh, Economist. Economist. That's it. I'm gonna pretend that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and um, she, uh, a while ago, she had a child, and she was like, why are there not, like, hard facts that people can look at? And so she did a bunch of research and was like, hey, here are the statistics for all these questions. Do what you want with the statistics. About having a child? Yeah. It's like, I like it. I mean, I'm sure if anyone is listening and they're like, a millennial having children right now, they probably have at least heard of Emily Oster. Okay. <laughs> I read it, and I liked it, and then um, I read that one. Re- I probably should have read it a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Not too late. Yeah, but, uh, so I just finished reading it, and then, um, so that was Expecting Better, and then she's got another one called Crib Sheets, which my husband's reading right now, so I'm waiting for him to finish, and then I'll go back and I'll read it. And then she's got another one. This is a terrible title. Oh, no. It's, I mean, I don't know. It might not be a terrible title, but it just sounds bad for people who, like, haven't read it yet. It's called The Family Firm. Oh, okay. But it's basically, like, so, like, expecting better is, like, pregnancy. Crib sheets is, like, infant to toddler like range. And then, like... So The Family Firm is, like, toddler and on. I think so, yeah. It's, like, just raising older kids. Okay. So, like, it's, I think it's, like, a funny title. It is. I agree. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, but, um, so that's where I'm at right now. A lot of parenting books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, 
we're on to our discussion for today. And today we wanted to talk about um, like the social media and like sort of book pressures. Yeah. How social media affects reading and reading culture. Mm-hmm. All right. So Sarah has done a lot of research. I looked up a couple things and Sarah came out with like a three page like outline. <laughs> I miss writing essays. Okay. I cannot relate, but I want to say for the record, I have not cited anything. This is not like a research paper. It's mostly just my free form notes when I like read some articles and watched some videos, which I also didn't write down, so I can't cite those. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> we can go back and I'll put it I'll put some in the show notes. Yeah, okay, we can do that. Uh, we want to start with something most people have heard of, which is Goodreads, specifically the reading goals of Goodreads. Oh, yeah. I've, I have one right now. So do I, <laughs> as we talk about the pros and cons of this. Bear in mind, we, we both use Goodreads, and we both have reading goals, and I enjoy Goodreads, even though I can acknowledge that it has faults. It definitely has some problematic things. definitely has problematic things. Uh I guess we'll start light with the pros that I wrote down because, well, let's start positive, I guess. I like aspects of the reading goals because it gives people a tangible goal to re- work towards. Mm-hmm. And some people need that type of motivation to, like, I wrote down it almost gamifies. Not really, because you're not getting rewards or anything, but it gives you benchmarks and a sense of competition, which can be beneficial to some people. Yeah. I wouldn't say the competition aspect helps me. It makes things worse for me, but I like, I'm a very disorganized person, ironically that I work in a library, but kind of disorganized, kind of don't have the best memory. It helps me keep track of where I'm at, at the in, within the year and mm-hmm. what I've read so far, what I've thought about those books. And it helps me like measure out the year based on what I've been reading. Yeah. If that makes sense. Cause when I was younger in middle school and high school, I used to write, write this stuff down by hand. Uh, to keep track of stuff so that I didn't, like, get duplicates of things or if I forgot, like, what I thought about a book. Now that I have a way to do that more conveniently, it does genuinely help me Mm -hmm. as a reader. I don't know if you also have pros. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like to have a goal. Um, I don't always meet that goal. So, like, in 2020, my goal was to read 30 books. I think I read 36 books Mm -hmm. in 2020. And then, so... Because I read thirty six goal or thirty six books in twenty twenty one, I bumped it up to forty, and I read thirty three books in twenty twenty one. It's so funny you say that because the exact same thing happened to me. I don't know what it was about twenty twenty one, but I was just like, I think we were like kind of getting back, yes, into like well, doing stuff again. I had of. nothing but free time in twenty twenty. I was <laughs> unemployed, so I was able to. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic did that. Anyway, that was fun. We don't have to get into that. But I had a lot of time to just read and listen mm-hmm. to audiobooks as I, like, I don't know, went on walks and did things. So that, I went through books really quickly. And yeah. then the next year I felt really confident. And then I was working. And I'm like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Did you start here in 2021? Yes. Oh, awesome. July of 2021. I feel like you've always been here. I've always been in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that can transition us into the cons a little bit. Is yeah. It creates unnecessary pressure sometimes. Yeah. Because when I didn't meet my goal the next year, I felt like a little bit like I had failed. I did too. Which is ridiculous because I'm not getting graded on this. No. It's literally just for me. Yeah. And like, speaking of being graded, like with Goodreads, like, yeah, it's like nice to check those things off. But I was reading an article. Um, it was an interview with Laura Do- or Laura Robb, who's written a bunch of um, like children's, like, 
learning to read books. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that she was talking about was how, like, at one point, like, she was talking to an educator whose superintendent um, decided that all of the kids were going to, like, read for 30 minutes every day and write a summary of what they read. Sure. Uh, which is pretty standard. I did that. Mm-hmm. I think I did that all of, like, since, like, school started to really make you start to read. And through middle school, I think I did that, too. Like, almost every night. Yeah. And um, apparently, at one point, like, the kids started to, like, revolt against that. <laughs> oh, God. So this was a very, like, I don't know where this was. I think this was in Virginia. Uh, reading at a school in rural Virginia. I don't think it gives the exact place. But um, kids just decided that they weren't going to do that anymore. And they were trying to figure out why. And uh, Laura in the article was saying, well, do you do that every time you read? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like asking like one of the adults. And they were like, well, no. It's, it's like, because yeah, you don't do it. <laughs> of course not. Well, yeah, it it kind of... In a it way, takes the fun out it of takes it. The fun, it makes it homework. It makes it work. Yeah. What's supposed to be like a fun hobby, which they already get in school because you're already learning how to analyze. I mean, hopefully, mm-hmm. learning how to analyze and to, like discuss books in an academic setting with your assigned reading. Mm-hmm. To then make them do that with their like free reading, cruel. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. It just kills the spirit. Yeah, and like I think like in elementary school, like we did have to have a quote unquote free reading book. Yes, like going at all the time. Did you have deer? Drop everything and read. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, what a blast from the past! <laughs> so you had to have like a free reading book at your desk at all times, so that when it was deer time, you pulled it out to read. Oh, yeah. That is coming out of the crevices of my memory. Dust it off. That is just <laughs> the old memories. <laughs> oh my god! I feel mm. like I'm having a flashback of trauma right now. <laughs> Just of elementary school in general. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess I do always... I do, Actually, I don't have, like, a book going right now because I'm waiting on my Libby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Like, it just makes it homework. And even, like... So, like, I guess back in 2021, like, when I was feeling like a failure for not reading my, like, reading... Like, I think I read 33 books out of the 40 I said I was going to read. And I was just, like, by the time, like, I think, like, November rolled around and I realized I probably wasn't going to hit it, I was just like, well, screw this, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah, it, like, creates this feeling of failure and inadequacy if you're Mm -hmm. not reaching artificial benchmarks. It's self-imposed. You don't need to do this to yourself. But it also, for me, and I'm sure other people, but me specifically, it creates this, like, feeling of uh, executive dysfunction where mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm putting pressure on myself to accomplish these goals and then I just don't want to. Like, I cannot start because it's not just, like, laziness. It's, like, I cannot pick up a book because I'm just picturing how many books I have to read, which is ridiculous. Yeah. It just it just sucks all the fun out of it. It does. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be fun, which is... You have to, like, try and find the balance because, I again, I do like the reading goals mm-hmm. in a way. I think it helps me stay organized, but... You have to do that and, like, not look at the number. <laughs> yeah. You just have to put it in and don't check it until you're at the end of the year. And then who cares if you didn't reach it? It's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. 
just, you know, you see all these people who post like, I read a hundred books this year, which is incredible. Not begrudging those people, but they're like, oh God, <laughs> like, what am I doing? My brain is yeah. dissolving. How does people have, how do people have time for that? I don't know. I guess I'll tired. listen to stuff. Like, and I, I almost exclusively listen to my books just cause I just don't have time to like sit there and read. Plus like my attention span isn't that long. Mm -hmm. So like. If I'm, like, listening, I'm, like, doing it while I'm, like, driving or if I'm, like, cooking dinner or walking my dogs, like, I, I, I don't even know how many books. I think I would read three books a year if it was just the, the physical books that I was reading, whether they were, like, the paper ones or on the Kindle. Yes, yeah. If, if only novels counted and not audiobooks or manga or graphic novels, I would be at, like, ten. Maybe. <laughs> That's still a lot. <laughs> well, most of that's because before we work. Yeah. I have to kind of assess the books that come in. But yeah. also you get to see a lot of exciting books. But I just, you know, you get home after being here all day and like reading and mm -hmm. checking on books. And you're just like, I can't <laughs> do yeah. another book today. Mm -hmm. Pros and cons. There are pros and cons. Pros and cons. Yeah. And I mean, I do like Goodreads just for knowing what I have and haven't read. And I like that just for like want the want to read section. Yes. Um, even though that has descended into chaos. Oh, it's... I... <laughs> I can't look at it. I have 300 books on there. <laughs> Which, again, I used to do these lists by hand, so it's nice to have a place that I don't have random scraps of paper everywhere. Yeah. But... <laughs> chaos. Mm-hmm. So when you read books, do you leave a review for them on Goodreads? I do. Which, for the record, quick tangent. I also feel like I have to leave like a full review every time I read a book. Like, really? Not just drop a star rating. Because this is the old English major in me that wants to like, well, you have to leave like a comprehensive review of the book. You don't. You can just leave a star rating. That's fine. I haven't even do that. Really? Yeah. I only leave reviews if I get it as an arc. Oh, interesting. Or like sometimes you get like the, the early act or I, it is early access, yeah. but it's like Goodreads calls it something. The giveaways. The giveaways. Yeah. yeah, I'll read it if I if I get an arc from um, Noble or Massachusetts or whatever consortium. Like I'll leave a review, and if I get it just as a good giveaway on Goodreads, I'll do it. And actually, one time I got one. I don't even know why. I, or I guess I thought it was going to be a different book because I like like the weird like self help. <laughs> random books that I don't know I just enjoy them and I thought this one was going to be about like the importance of like getting kids like outside and playing this was like many years ago long before I even had a ch like was having children but like I was like but it really it wound up being um <laughs> I don't think I was the demographic for it it was like a um it was like a a mildly to moderately religious uh. Uh, book about just like diff like raising kids in today's society, and there I think there was some touching points about like go going outside maybe, but like more I, for the purpose of like disconnecting from media. Probably. Yeah, it yeah. was that, but like it was like the title made it sound like that was the whole book, but it wasn't at all and i did actually leave a comprehensive review of it <laughs> i was like if this is your vibe it's fine mm -hmm. like it is what it is it's not for everybody it's actually i actually have a couple of likes on that review oh cool yeah so that was helpful to people. It was, i think it was kind of helpful to people i would find that very helpful yeah because i that sounds like it might be misleading a little bit it's like 
it's a little misleading. The title and the cover are very misleading. Sure. But, like, the book itself is, it's, I don't know. Yeah. It was entertaining from a watching people from a distance kind of way. An outside perspective. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's sort of like watching, like, I don't know, like one of those real, like, uh... A reality show? Yeah, it was almost like watching a reality show about, oh, like, a family okay. that is different from my own. You get to peek into another lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's exactly. It was kind of interesting. So you leave reviews if it's either something you have to, like an arc, or something that has invoked a strong, like, to help other people. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And then that one was for both. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I did get that for a giveaway. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, like, and I guess if, like, and then I'll leave stars if it's a book I really like and also a book I want to do well. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. But I almost never write a review. I do for every book. <laughs> that. Yeah, you need to talk about that. Uh, well, it's, I just enjoy talking about books and I can't info dump on every person in my life because they'll <laughs> never talk to me again. Um... But it is also a way, I treat it more like a, I guess, diary, like personal blog, where I, even though it's public, anyone can go read my reviews. I don't really consider that. No one follows me on Goodreads. And I don't need them to. It's a way for me to go back and check, like, what I thought about a book. So mm -hmm. that if I, I love to reread. So when I reread, I'll go back and, like, did my opinion change? I'm a huge nerd. I like books. This is what I do. So I, this is an, <laughs> another way I've almost created homework for myself. Where yeah. I'm basically just doing book reports. Because <laughs> I also have to, this year I've had to force, or last year I guess, had to force myself to just leave like short reviews so I didn't have time to write a full one. Because I would like... The horror. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would like leave it off and like uh, leave it in my edit or drafts because I'm like, I don't have time to write like a full thing. I can't just write five sentences about what I thought. I have to like break it down. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> It's a full paragraph, five sentences. Yeah, mine are longer than that. They're like usually like two to three. Okay. Kind of. They're two to like, three paragraphs? Yeah. Oh my god. it's the intro, and then it's what you liked and what you didn't like, and then a wrap-up. It's like an essay. That <laughs> is an essay. For shorter. It's a book report. <laughs> this is a book report. This is by my librarian. I'm sorry I'm laughing at you. This no, is very excellent of you to do. I'm sure the authors appreciate it. It's not excellent. It's ridiculous because <laughs> I create pressure for myself. But I, I just enjoy talking about books. And I enjoy... It helps me understand what I thought about a book to put it down in writing. Because mm -hmm. as I'm writing, I'm, like, d thinking about it. And then I discover new things about what I thought. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. If, like, I, if I don't know how I feel about a book, I'll start writing about it. And then I'll come to conclusions. Like, it's like an almost stream of consciousness. Yeah, I do. I used to yeah. do that all the time with book reports yeah. because I, I don't know, I didn't know what I wanted to say. So you just start yeah. writing and yeah. then you realize as you're doing it what you want to say. So I enjoy, I, well, for ordering books too, like I use Goodreads as a tool, mm -hmm. but you have to t take it with a grain of salt because a lot of the reviews are very well done, like well written and comprehensive and tell me what I need to know about a book. I use it not just for, is it good? Because that's subjective, but also like content warnings. If you leave content warnings and good reviews, thank you so much. You are <laughs> so helpful because I don't have time to read every book we get in. Shocking. Um, but people will sometimes ask me like, is there this topic in here or this topic? And if there isn't a resource online, if the author hasn't done one or the publisher or like trigger warnings database, which there are those, like I can't yeah. know for sure so thank you so much if you leave those in your good reviews it helps immensely 
Um, and I use it to like know, kind of similar to what you were talking about before, sometimes the descriptions that publishers come up with can be like not quite accurate to what the book actually is. Mm -hmm. So that's very helpful. Um, but like everything, pros and cons, sometimes the reviews can also be more, uh, shall we say, lacking in nuance. Yeah. I mean, this is a social media site. Yeah, it's not. It is. It's not treated like a traditional social media site, but it is. It really kind of is. So it kind of can get the Twitter treatment, <laughs> where <laughs> instead of acknowledging the goods and bads of the book, it just like will pick one bad thing and then that's it. The whole book is done. Yeah, kind of. Which I don't want to like. You're allowed to think what you think. If like if you don't like one aspect and that's it, that's fine. But you're also not a bad person for acknowledging both. Yeah. The example I always give is Murakami books, who I love Haruki Murakami's one of my favorite authors, I guess. I have a lot of his books. Incredible writer, great with surrealism, weird books, but like layered, cannot write women to save his life. Oh. Like yeah. at all. <laughs> have you ever read a Murakami book? No, but I've read books like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a shame, but I acknowledge it. Like mm -hmm. it's just flat out bad. He treats women like they're not <laughs> people sometimes. Not in like a degrading way. It's just no, 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 it's weird. You'll see. You'll see it if you ever read one of his books. Yeah. But like, I still enjoy aspects yeah. of his writing. So That's not... like how I. I still read. I still read the Dresden Files, even mm -hmm. though, like, uh, what's his face, Jim Butcher. Like, if he's if he remembers he's writing a woman, he goes from writing an excellent character to like absolute <laughs> trash. Right. <laughs> He kind of has to just, like, forget. He has to, yeah, he has to forget sometimes that he's... Because, like, I'm not saying that every woman in that book series is, like, garbage. Like, mm -hmm. or written really poorly. But sometimes, sometimes it gets there. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. popular. We don't have to get into it. We don't have to get it. That's a different That's subject. a different topic. It's a different topic. Which we could get into. We're talking about the nuance of... Discussion. Discussion about book series. Yes. Yes. Do you use Goodreads as the tool for ordering books? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mostly, I usually look at, like, the magazines, and then I look and see what's on hold. I have a bunch of different ways. Yeah. I can't, it's hard to use the magazines to do YA because, not that they're not great tools. They are. But Goodreads kind of gets a more broad flavor of people that are, like, mm -hmm. actually read YA because they enjoy it. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, so I just find that more helpful. But it can also be, um, I don't know. I don't, it's kind of like the BuzzFeed listicle of, like, 12 problematic classics that nobody should ever read ever. Kind yeah. of just, like, quippy hot takes because you're shouting into the void and you want to be noticed. And controversy and anger, like, <laughs> gets noticed more than positivity. Mm -hmm. Where it's, uh, we don't need to, like, completely write off the great Gatsby because Gatsby is not a perfect person. That's the point of the book. <laughs> He's mm -hmm. not a good person. <laughs> Entirely. No. It's complicated. Nor is F. Scott Fitzgerald. Nor is F. Scott Fitzgerald, but, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. We can acknowledge these things and still, like, acknowledge the place they have in... Yeah. They're still, canon. like... Yeah. They're still, like, books that have merit. Yeah. And it's, it's you know... Yeah. A lot of the... Uh, it's not really a thing anymore. I, I... Most of the people that leave Goodward reviews do well, like, it's a well-written review. Yeah. Positive or negative. It's just well done. Um, it's mostly, like, Twitter that things kind of go off the rails, but yeah. that's Twitter. Or if people, like, review bomb something. Oh, my God, yeah. If you, like, well, they will leave one-star reviews just because of something they heard without reading the book. Yeah. Which, at that point. Yeah, and that's, 
That's that's a different that's a different level of problematic. It really is. <laughs> like completely well within your right to hate a book, mm-hmm. even if it's just for one small yeah. aspect of it. But read the book. Yeah. Feel your feelings. Feel your feelings. Read the book, or just I don't know. Yeah. Don't review. It's fine. Yeah. There's plenty of books I don't read because I know the content is terrible. Yeah, definitely. The other problem I have with Goodreads is, uh, even though I do use Goodreads and I like it. Uh, it is owned by Amazon, and one of the reasons why I do look at it when I order books, but I also look try and look at a bunch of other different resources for ordering books as well, is because um, Goodreads is owned by Amazon, mm-hmm. which is a service that I use, and I understand it has its problems. Huge problems. Huge problems. Uh, it is very convenient. For work, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they do push a lot of their own content um sort of i think like goodreads was sort of then they purchased them and i think it was like 2013 it was sort of them going back to their oh we're a book sales company (laughs) (laughs) which is something i didn't know until like a few years ago that amazon originally was yeah it was just just books books. yeah i didn't know that it was yeah and now i i just bought a a dryer repair kit the <laughs> other day. I fixed my dryer. <laughs> Thanks, oh, Amazon, because I couldn't go and just buy it at Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a lot more expensive at Home Depot. So That's how they get you. That is how they get you. That's why they're so, like, invasive. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately. I know, I know. And then, like, I couldn't find, like, an appliance store that might have sold it, and I didn't want to drive around. Yeah. I just wanted to get my dryer fixed. <laughs> It is convenient, but it, yeah, it is interesting, because I also didn't realize that they owned Goodreads until fairly recently also. It mm-hmm. calls into question, like, the bias behind the books that get, like, oh, pushed. definitely. Definitely. Mm. I think that's one of the reasons why Colleen Hoover got so popular. Uh, yeah. But, um, and I mean, people do tend to like her stuff, but apparently she's facing some backlash right now, which we won't get into right now. Oh, I'll look into that later. Do you know that? <laughs> It's unavoidable, I guess, when you get popular. Yeah, it happens. We'll see why. Anyway. And yeah, well, I mean, Amazon itself, like many other large e-commerce sites, it makes it easier to buy a lot of stuff without, like, expending a lot of effort. Um, And this is something, like, this is kind of the downside, which feels weird to criticize, but let me explain. The downside of uh, this insurgence of being a huge reader and buying a lot of books. Mm-hmm. It feels weird to criticize because I want the book industry to flourish. I don't want Amazon to kill off brick and mortar bookstores. Yeah. Absolutely don't let that happen. So people going out to like Barnes and Noble or independent bookstores and buying books is not on its face a bad thing. The problem becomes when it's more about the buying than the actually enjoying what you have. Yeah. It's the overconsumption of it. Overconsumption, which generally is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And it just reminded me so deeply of those Shein hauls and those, like, luxury brand hauls, like Gucci hauls that were happening in the, like, (laughs) mid-2000s. Who had money in the mid-2000s for Gucci haul? YouTubers. (laughs) Which is why they were doing them. I guess. It's like, or Vine Stars, I guess, mm-hmm. where it's like people would buy absurd amount of things because it got attention. I guess. Yeah. yeah. The Shein Hall's got, because there's something very satisfying, I guess, about watching people open things and like own them and review whatever, I guess. I, don't I know. guess. Yeah. But uh, 
and this is not me knocking on collecting books because I collect books mm-hmm. and it's something I enjoy doing and I'm not going to stop doing it. Um, but there is like, for the record, there is a difference between being like reading as a hobby and collecting books as a hobby. They intersect, but they are kind of different. Uh, but this the idea that you have to own books or you have to have that like wall of bookshelves oh, yeah. to be the like aesthetic. the aesthetic of it, mm-hmm. falling into the trap of aesthetics where it's like, am I a real quote unquote reader if I don't have a, like a personal at home library? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes, you are. You don't need that. Um, and you'll see like, I was watching videos about this the other day, about people like a book gets popular, like Colleen Hoover, and then all of a sudden everybody wants to read it. Mm-hmm. And to read it, everybody buys it. And then everyone, all of a sudden everyone owns a book that then maybe they didn't love. And if you're not a rereader, what was the point of buying it, I guess? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, and that's a small scale one, but sometimes they'll like, you know, you'll see a video where somebody goes to Barnes & Noble and just buys up the table of popular books, one yeah. of each just because it's popular and it'll get attention in the content that they're creating. Mm-hmm. Or they feel like they have to to stay relevant, to keep up with the fast-paced like trends of book talk. Yeah. Um, when you don't have to do that. If you want to try out a book, wonderful resource for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you can guess where this is going. The library. <laughs> Yay! Yay! The library. The library. Like, by all means, buy books. Absolutely. But if you're not sure if you'll like it, if you want to try it out, you can borrow it and then there's no pressure to like if you hate it drop it mm-hmm. read a few chapters and then return it to no detriment to you yeah and even um even if you you prefer like a hard copy of a book you can always go and read like an excerpt or a sample from like the digital section of a book and mm-hmm. see if you're gonna like it before or while you're waiting for it on hold yeah, absolutely. I mean, you usually can tell pretty quickly if you vibe with the writing style mm-hmm. or not. And Libby has experts, experts, excerpts for um, ebooks and audiobooks. Yeah, so you can test both. Also, if there's a book that we don't have on Libby that you want us to purchase, please email me. Mm-hmm. Check my email in the staff page on our website. Yes, swampscottlibrary.org. We take recommendations. Definitely. Not everybody needs to be Belle in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Listen. Like, every time, like, like I remember being a kid and watching that scene and, like, getting, like, anxiety about not being able to, like, read every single book that was in there. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a lot of anxiety <laughs> as a kid about a lot of random things, and that was one of them. <laughs> the f- real fear of Bell's library. <laughs> not the beast. Not cast on. <laughs> the library. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah, like... You're not gonna read all those books. Even I, I don't think I have a particularly large library of books in my home, but I still haven't read all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them are books that people gave to me because they wanted me to read them and hope that I would discuss it with them. And sometimes that just never happened. Yeah, they're gonna live on your TBR forever. They are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just you know, mm-hmm. again, not knocking buying books and not knocking having home libraries. Yeah, like because I do both. Yeah. Like, we're not saying these are bad things. No. Nothing we're saying is that anything is inherently bad no. or evil to do. It like, just requires balance. Yeah, exactly. You don't want it to be mindless buying. Yeah. It's purposeful buying. Are you buying this because it got really popular on Instagram mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about it and therefore you have to own it, even though you're not really interested in it? Mm-hmm. Or is it like, oh, I really like this concept. I want to try it out. Or I really like this book, so I want to... How many times have you actually read Where the Crawdads Sing after you bought it? 
Not once. <laughs> have not read that book. You haven't? No, I know. Oh, I, like, wasn't gonna, but it got so popular that I, for, just for being a librarian, I, I knew I had to read it. So I did. It's fine. It's all right. It's, it's, it is what it is. People really seem to love it. And I was like, it's fine. There are so many really <laughs> popular adult books and YA books that I have missed out on. And now it feels like it's too late to go back and read. Because I also didn't read The Midnight Library when that got popular. Oh, yeah. I did read that. Yeah, I have not read the, any Sarah J. Moss books. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. That I don't okay. know if they'd be your vibe. It wouldn't. It really wouldn't. You describing it as fairies taking over the government as if that's just, like, a well-known trope, <laughs> by the way. I didn't say anything, but I was thinking, like, yeah, you know, fairies taking over the government, as they do. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. The fairies came out of the woodwork and be like, you're all ours now. I'd be like, you know what? That's fair. Super fair. <laughs> Let's well, give this a try for a little bit. Sure. It can't be worse. <laughs> I guess it could be. We'd see, we'd see. We'd see. I'm willing to take a gamble on the fake community. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the whole point is just don't overconsume past your means. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. The bigger point is come to the library because we have a lot of exciting things. We have so many exciting things. And we love to see people come in and borrow books. And come to our events, which, hey, seamless transition. Yay! Yay. Some stuff going on at the library. Uh, we have a new world languages librarian. We have Irina Smiridi. She has started recently, and she is going to take care of our Russian, Ukrainian, and other languages collections. We're so excited to have her. We've been missing having a world languages librarian for a while now. And you can come and say hi to her here at the library. Yes, definitely do. She's going to do some great work. Awesome. We're very excited. Very excited. Mm -hmm. And for coming up at the library, we have Lisa Mazia. She's coming back from the Terror Collective, and she'll be here on February 1st at 6 p.m. for a, another tarot card workshop. And um, off air, I was telling Sarah that, like, she gave me a very eerie prediction once that came, <laughs> that wound up coming true. Whether or not that is coincidence or just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, but it's very cool. She's just so much fun to talk to. Um, I've had her here twice, once for crystals and once for another um, tarot um, program. And both times she's just, she's just such a ball of like good positive energy. And she's so great. I love her. She's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I love tarot. So this is going to be very fun. And then we have another movie night coming up on February 8th. And that will be Casablanca. And that'll be at 6 p.m. And then um, it is the rescheduled uh, viewing of The Hound of Baskervilles, um, and that is rescheduled to February 22nd at 6 p.m., mm -hmm. and those are Wednesdays. Yes. Awesome. What else is going on, Sarah? So, for teen events, we have, once again, Anime Club coming up in February. The dates will be the 14th and the 28th. Um, so just, you know, come. We're going to do a craft on that first meeting and then a game on the second where you can win prizes and, of course, watch some wonderful anime. We also have the Kinsey Nights will be meeting again. That should be on the 20th. Check back, though. Uh, our teen LGBTQIA club. We're going to do some crafts, talk, plan out more things that we want to do. Um, and then for children's, a lot of exciting stuff continue to happen. Story times will be continuing. All of our story times begin at 10 a.m. So we have Monday story time with Miss Abrams, um, Wiggly Wednesdays with Lisa, 
We also have Toddler Yoga with Lindsay Kravitz, which will be taking place on Tuesday, February 14th. And the CFC of the North Shore will be joining us on Friday, February 3rd and Friday, February 17th at 10.30 a.m., which you can also watch on our YouTube channel and their YouTube channel. So remember to like and subscribe to our channel. Sound like a YouTuber. Okay. <laughs> we also have the children's... Uh, we also have the Children's Room Winter Reading Challenge continuing. The deadline for registration is February 2nd, so be sure to participate in that to win some fun prizes. And very exciting, we have an author visit coming up on February 11th at 10.30 a.m. in the Children's Room. Sarah Hazel, author of Schubert, which is the story uh, of a very brave seal and the impossible journey that they embark on, which is based on the real-life events of a locally famous seal. It's a very cute, fun tale. So definitely come bring your kids to hear that. Oh, that's going to be really cute. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a really fun time. Yeah. I love author visits. They're super cute. And we I feel like we don't get a ton of uh, children's author visits. No. So this is going to be really nice. Very special. May, don't miss out. Thanks for listening in with us, everybody. Yeah, make sure to keep coming to the library. And keep reading.